0: all things new orleans saints this is who dat discussion powered by overtime media what is up who nation welcome back into another off-season edition here at the who discussion as always i am your host andrew Galata. You can follow me on Twitter at Andrew Galata, and then also you can follow the podcast on Twitter at the Who Dat Dis if you want some updates on our shows and some Saints news and opinions and all that fun stuff. There we have another interesting episode as we do have some more news as it's kind of pertaining to now coaches starting to come back into uh, the NFL facilities, and then also what will the Superdome? Look like come September if some social distancing parameters are in place. And then also, we are going to continue our positional breakdown segment, moving over to linebacker, as that's going to be an extremely fun position to look at. As there was a hole, the Saints think they filled that hole. So it's going to be very interesting to look at every player and kind of see where the Saints are. Did they get better from last year? Did they get worse? We're obviously going to get on to that. But first, we are going to get into some news here. With the NFL announcing, Roger Goodell announcing, that coaches could come back into team facilities within the next week or so, which I thought was, I think, integral and really, really good news here, as hopefully we get coaches back next week, and then another few weeks, and we get players back, and then basically the NFL is roaring to go, ready for training camp. And I do think that right now, they are on track to hit that training camp marker. And yes, there probably will be no fans at training camp and obviously, I don't think that's a big issue. Like, obviously, it, training camp is a good way to get to know the players. And it obviously is a good way for fans to interact with them. But obviously, they're not necessary. So I don't think there will be fans in training camp. But now we're coming closer to the season. And it's kind of all starting to kind of map out where the season's going to end up. I don't think the season will be delayed. I think the NFL is on a perfect tra- trajectory to play in September. It seems like they're on a good trajectory to start training camp in July and that's going to be in the end of July because also the Saints preseason schedule came out and the first game is like after August 10th so that means that training camp probably won't start until like that last week of July so again I think that that's going to be a perfect amount of time here to come in and obviously get these players ready to go because by that time it seems like the NHL will be back and also it seems like the NBA will be back so they'll be already playing games at the point that NFL is just doing training camp. So to me, I think that the Saints and the rest of the NFL will be ready to go for training camp, preseason, and also the regular season games. Now, fans, that's going to be another issue. And we don't know if fans will be played in certain—let's like say one part of the country, you could have full fans. Another part of the country, there won't be full fans. I don't know if the NFL will allow that because obviously that's a big edge if one stadium is allowed to have full fans and then another stadium across the country is only allowed to have like 10,000 fans or no fans. So the NFL probably will have to regulate that. But I do think if the NFL says, look, you have to put social distancing parameters in place, I think some some teams will allow, like they're going to say, okay, we're going to put 50% in and that's going to be allowed, and then some teams are going to put 20% in, and that's going to be allowed, so I think there may be some disparity like that if that if the social distancing parameters come in place in the NFL, but again, I think that right now, I think the season will start on time. I think that basically, when looking at it, I think that t- games will be played in September. I think that the teams, I think everything will be a full go. I think fans, that's another issue, and I, I think that's something else we're going to have to obviously have more conversations with in the future when we have more information but right now, it seems like this, it's, the league will be ready to go, and I, and it'll be a full, perfect season for the at least the players and, you know, the teams. I mean, fans is obviously another issue, but at least that we're going to have relatively regular season when it comes to just, I mean, we're going to have 16 games, it's going to start in September, most likely end in February, and it, it seems like that's going to happen there. But... We do want to talk about the fans, and there was some news about some fans and stadiums and kind of will social distancing parameters be in place, and if they were in place, what would that look like for the Superdome, and again, there was some news with that that came out just yesterday about basically the Superdome is expecting to fill, if parameters need to be in place, they're expecting to fill 17 to 50% capacity You know, if those distancing um, laws are in place. So that would mean with their 75,000 capacity, that means that 13,000 fans to 37,500 fans would be allowed in the Superdome. And I do think that, again, that's obviously not a lot, especially 13,000 fans, but you'd rather have some fans than no fans. So to me, it's whatever you can put in the stadium, like you're not going to complain about, especially if everyone's safe and like, that's all great. I'm not saying, oh, we got to go full fans because the Saints need that edge. I honestly don't think the Saints need that edge. You saw them go on the road and be really good team. Like the Saints were arguably just as good, if not better team on the road than they were in the Superdome in the last few seasons. So again, I don't think that they need to have all these fans and like they don't need like some Saints teams needed that edge, like they needed the Superdome and that's that. And I do think that this, these Saints teams are helped by the Superdome, but I don't think it's an end all be all. So I'm not that, you know, worried about them playing with no fans or, you know, 13,000 fans, because when you look at it, you'd rather have, let's say, let's say there are 13,000 fans in the Superdome, and then 13,000 fans in, like, I don't know, some outdoor stadium, let's say Arrowhead Stadium, that 13,000 fans in an enclosed environment in the Superdome will still make more noise than those stadiums, so you would still kind of have the edge if it's kind of equal, like, if only everyone's allowed to have 13, and, you know, other, uh, other outdoor stadiums are also allowed to have 13. But again, it's going to be interesting to see how that all plays out, and we're going to have to see. And again, I think right now, you're kind of looking at it, look, the the games seem like they're going to be played, obviously, knock on wood, hopefully that happens, but that's a huge step in the right direction, and now it's just you got to figure out how much fans will be in place. The NFL is expecting that they're going to be full fans, which I thought was really interesting that they would even say that, but they did say that they're still expecting full fans. We'll have to see if that comes to fruition, I'm not 100% sure about that, but that's obviously good to hear, and then another thing, look, the Superdome, it seems like they're planning to have at least some fans, like, even if it's only 13,000 fans, at least some fans get to go and enjoy the games, and make some noise for the Houdat Nation, and support the Houdat Nation, and the Saints, like, that's, that would be great, you know, and again, at least we could have some fans, and if it's no fans, it's still no fans, at least we get to see football, and I do think that, you know. Again, it would be great to see the fans in the stadium, but if it's not safe enough, you don't obviously want to risk any of that just, you know, for fans. I think that the Saints edge, I think that the Saints are a great football team. They're a complete football team. They're one of the best in the league. As much as I think a home field advantage, they're helped by it. Like, I think you could put them in a grassed high school field. They're going to win games. Like, that's, I think, how good they are. And again, some teams, I think the Saints teams didn't need that crowd. I don't think this team does as much but that's just my opinion, I definitely want to hear what you guys think, do you think that the Saints need the fans, or do you think that, look, it'd be great to have the fans, but the Saints don't need them to win, and the Saints aren't really um, losing a big advantage, because they're still an amazing football team, like, obviously, that home field advantage is great, and Saints fans are proud of it, and as they should be, I'm proud, you know, to be a part of the Houdat Nation, because of our great fan base, and how hostile it is for other teams, but again, the Saints go on the road, and do just as good these last few years, and they've been road warriors, they're just a good team, I don't care where you put them and where, they, I mean, they could be playing on the tra- the training camp field. I think they're still just an outstanding team. And I think that will hold if they're playing in a Superdome with no fans, 10,000 fans, 40,000 fans, or a full 75,000 capacity crowd. And um, I do fully believe that. So before we do get into our linebacking groups in this 2020 team, as we continue to do these positional previews, we are going to take a quick break. You are listening to the Hudat Discussion Podcast. Welcome back into the Hudat Discussion. And now we are going to break down and analyze the Saints linebacker group heading into 2020. So this is an interesting group. Now, obviously, the Saints have one of the best linebackers in the league with Demario Davis. And then behind him, there are some questions. So we're just going to get all into it. We're going to go down to each player. And then we are going to then kind of just see where they're at. We'll just, you know, basically have a conclusion and see if they got better, worse, stayed the same. And are, are they complete going into 2020? So I think we should just get right into it here with our first linebacker, starting linebacker, best linebacker, DeMario Davis. He's now coming into his third year with the Saints and his first two were absolutely outstanding. He was an all pro last year. He was, I mean, just an amazing player. He did everything for the Saints he had an over 90 PFF grade, he had four sacks, he had over 110 tackles, he had 12 pass defense, 11 tackles for loss, and to cap it all off, he did have an interception, he's obviously, DeMario is just one of the best leaders on this team, you know, he's gonna come in there, like you saw when Breeze got hurt, he was the one that was doing the pump-up chance, he's just such an inspirational leader, he's an amazing player on the field, and to me, he's just an underrated, just player in this league right now, and To me, he's one of the best linebackers that this league has to offer right now, and because he just does everything really good. Like, yes, he can cover. He can stop the run. He can, I mean, just do so many great things. He can get the turnovers. You know, he could get the tackles for all. he get the sacks. He could rush. He could blitz. He does all that that amazing stuff, excuse me, there. And I do think that without him, the Saints don't go, you know, to these big Super Bowl goals, and they're going to need him. And again, he's coming into the last year of his deal. The Saints better resign him. I don't care that he's 31. He's playing his best football. And you're going to have to give him, obviously, a big contract. But he deserves it. You know, he deserves it. He's going to come in here and be an amazing player. And he's a guy that deserves everything. He's going to be leading the Saints. He's a captain for the team. And again, you see these cornerstone guys for the defense. Because the defense, we know, in years past, you go back to those 2014, 2015 seasons, it was obviously awful. Then they brought in cornerstone guys, excuse me, like Marshawn Lattimore, like DeMario Davis, like Cam Jordan. Cam Jordan was there, but obviously he's been getting better and better. And, you know, you have those three guys on each levels, and then you just build around them, get the veterans, get the young players. And it seems like the Saints have built a top 10 defense. So I do think that he's one of those guys, the cornerstone guys. He's the quarterback of the defense. He's the leader of the defense. And he's just an outstanding player. So the question obviously isn't with Davis. It's who's behind Davis. And that was a big thing going into this offseason because the Saints did lose A.J. Klein, who was a guy that, look, not all the fans loved him, but he was a just a solid starter. And I was always a fan of him because there are a lot of players worse than A.J. Klein, And I don't think people realize it. He had a solid year last year. And I, I thought he was just a, a really good force for the Saints. He was a sure tackler. Yeah, he wasn't the fastest player. He wasn't the most athletic. He was a sure tackler. He was good against the run and overall a solid player. So again, he's just like, kind of is what he is but the Saints decided not to re-sign him and he went to the Bills and again that's good for him he got you know a pretty sizable contract basically the same contract he got when he came to the Saints which just shows you you know he's not awful not amazing he's just kind of right in the middle there just a solid player but now it's really who is behind him and look the Saints have talent at the linebacker position a ton of talent even before adding Zach and some guys that they added in the offseason but they get hurt you see Alex Anzalone first of all 25 years old He's a guy that's extremely athletic, extremely fast. When he plays, he's hitting the zones, and he's stopping the run. He's good against the pass, good against um, tight ends. He's got good technique to guard them, but he's got really big injury concerns. He's won an IR two out of the three seasons he's been in the league. He had injury concerns in college as well. So again, it's very, very tough when looking at it to kind of see what he's going to be. This is a contract year for him, so I do think that he's going to obviously have a lot of incentives to stay healthy. But again, he's going to be a guy that if the Saints to have staying healthy, him and DeMario Davis are in a really great tandem because DeMario Davis is that veteran player. And then like Anzalone like that young gun and they just work really well together. And I do think like in 2018, when I think the defense was at its best in 2018, you had Anzalone playing really well. You had Davis playing really well. And it was just, I mean, it was, it was great because you look at his stats in 2018, Anzalone's and he had two sacks, almost 60 tackles, two pass defense, three tackles for loss, 78 PFF grade. He also had an interception as well. So if he's healthy... He's a guy that I think is going to really help the Saints defense. And look, he wasn't healthy last year. Saints didn't really have him at all. He just battled injuries all year. So again, if the Saints really, I mean, like if the Saints, if they have Anzalone healthy, they don't really need any of these guys behind him. But you cannot bank on him staying healthy because he's been on IR two out of three years. Now, you're probably going to tell me, well, he's kind of bound to have a healthy year. I mean, already had two out of three. Now this should be the year he's really healthy. Yeah. And I I do think that you're going to come in with him as a starter, in my opinion. But again, he's going to be a guy, we'll see how he comes back from these injuries. If he's still a great athletic player, it's going to be really interesting to see. But he's a guy, when healthy when 100%, he's a force to be reckoned with. He's definitely a great number two linebacker and he's a really solid player for the Saints. And then you look behind him and you have Kiko Alonso. And Kiko Alonso, another player that's a solid player that I think he's really good against the run, obviously not good as against the past. And we've seen that in the past. But again, the Saints last year just used him where he's good at, and he was solid. He had a 70 PFF grade, he was great against the run, and he was a guy that did a lot of good things for this defense. He had the 31 tackles, had three tackles for loss, had a 71 PFF grade, um, as I said, and he was a guy that did do a good job. The problem was that in the playoff game, he did tear ACL how is he going to come back from that injury? Supposedly he's going to be ready and healthy for the 2020 season. But again, that's a question mark. He has gotten injured in the past. This is the second time he has torn that ACL. You have to, and now he's 30 years old. Like those are things you obviously have to be a little worried about. I mean, and you would now have injury concerns with Alonzo, injury concerns with Anzalone, and you have issues. And again, you would love to have three linebackers that are ready to go And, you know, obviously the Saints play a lot of two linebacking sets, but also, you know, they do play base and you need three linebackers to play base. So you would love to have the option to play both. And again, last year, especially when you had Anzalone go out and like the Saints played a lot of two linebacking sets because they couldn't really trust Alonzo against the pass. But I mean, maybe this year you're allowed to play base. You could play base if you have Vaughn in there and you have um, Anzalone in there and Alonzo, another linebacker. I think that the Saints could you know, be very, very successful at the linebacking spot. But again, there are injury concerns with those two guys, and you have to point them out. When, if all of them, like, these three guys went healthy, they'd be a great linebacker in court. You would actually, I, I think, be better than last year because A.J., because to me, Anzalone is better than A.J. Klein. So that's just my opinion. So I think, like, if these guys were healthy, they would actually be better than they were last season. But again, you can't, you just cannot rely on these guys. And just because their health has been too wishy-washy over the last few years, So, bring in Zach Bond, The Saints sign, or draft, I really should say, the uh, linebacker out of Wisconsin. In the third round, he was supposed to be a first-round talent. The Saints ranked him in their top 40. He was basically mocked. In every mock draft, he was going to be around that 30 range. He was, like, basically top 30 for a lot of guys, but he kept falling and falling and falling and falling, and then the Saints were able to trade up from their spot at 88 to move up to 74 and get their guy, and he's a guy that he could also be an edge rusher, but he is really a main linebacker, and that's what the Saints are going to use him, and I do think that he's a guy that does a lot of things really solid, and you could see him come come in here and be an A.J. Klein type guy from the start, and I do think that's obviously really, really good for the Saints, because when you're looking at it, he's a very similar physical set than A.J. Klein like, when you look at what Bonds, his size, and his measurables here, he's 6'2", 238, and you have Klein, who's 6'1", 240, so they're really around the same type of build as a linebacker, and then you look at Bonds, kind of, I mean, his, what he's able to do, and and what he was able to do in college, and what he's able to do in the pros, you could kind of see where he's kind of projects with the Saints, like, he's a guy that's really good against the run, he's a good hustle guy, gives a lot of effort, he's very, you know, he's pretty good at those, the football IQ, like I say, not pretty good, he's good, i say very solid at the football IQ, he's going to be able to hit those holes and stop the run, he's a good athlete, so he could, you know, he could definitely go sideline to sideline, yes, it's not his best thing in his game, but he has the ability to do that, he has a solid job to do that, he's good at pursuing the ball, he takes good angles to the ball, that's always really good, and that kind of adds to his solid football IQ, and I do think that, He's a guy that could play linebacker at a good level. He's a solid guy when it comes to defending tight ends, and that's obviously really good as well. So he hopefully can project to be a guy that could guard tight ends, unlike a Kiko Alonso type player. So he's solid there. He's just kind of a solid player all around. And to me, he was the fourth best linebacker here on the board in this year's draft. Like, obviously, you had Isaiah Simmons, who he can even play a safety. Like, you don't really know where you're going to play him. So he's going to really be in the top three, four linebackers in the draft, which is great again, I think he definitely has a, like a, I would say a mid ceiling, but a low floor. So I think he's a guy that's going to be a starter in this league. Again, he may not be an elite stud player, but I think he's going to be a great addition to this team. And I do think that maybe over time he develops into a pro Bowl player. I think he has an ability to do that. But right now, I mean, he's a guy that I think will just come in and do a really good job. His NFL comp was Kyle Van Noy. So obviously Van Noy can both rush the passer and then you know, play linebacker, and he did that at a great level in New England, so again, definitely look at, you know, a guy like that, you know, to me, Bonds a guy that, he's a linebacker, that's, to me, like, the people say he's a little too big to play linebacker, but then a little too small to play edge rusher, and then when you're looking at that, that's just kind of, he's like a tweeny type player, but again, he's that age, like he's a big linebacker, and the Saints like big linebackers, the Saints like those, like physical, the physicality guys, and like, like when you look at the linebackers that are on the Saints depth chart, those are the type of guys the Saints are getting, they're not getting the undersides, really fast athletic guys, um, like Patrick Queen would have been, and like those type of guys, again, I think that, you know, I think the Saints would have loved Kenneth Murray, Saints didn't get Kenneth Murray, so to me, their second option was um, Bond, so I, that to me was really interesting. Those are the guys I like better instead of a a smaller guy like Queen. So, again, when you're looking at Bond, I think he's a guy that could move sideline to sideline solid. To me, he's definitely could tackle solid. And then also, he's a guy that will defend the pass solid. He takes good routes to balls. That's great. And that's like all the great stuff. So, to me, he's going to probably be just, I think, a solid addition to the Saints linebacking group. And I think that he's a guy that will succeed. I think he could succeed. I think he could be a year one starter and succeed there. And the Saints saw him in the senior bowl where he played linebacker and they were very impressed. So that's obviously a really good thing as well. I think he's going to start off as like a strong side linebacker and kind of be an outside linebacker. But then I think people are saying he could become a middle linebacker. So again, he's going to be a guy to me very similar to AJ Klein. And then what he adds that AJ Klein doesn't is that he's also an edge rusher as well. Like he's got really good technique and pass um, uh, and, um, pass rush technique, which is really great. Now, again, he's a little undersized for the, for the position and that's going to be an issue, but he's a guy that has good technique down there. And that I think will help him in kind of those situations. Cause I think that the Saints really in the long run or in the short run, excuse me, in the short run, like, let's just say everyone's healthy. They're going to love basically to do, in my opinion, they're going to have, obviously Davis has their one and, Anza, um, Anzalone as their two. And then basically they're going to have Bond be their guy that he's gonna be their third linebacker, but he's also gonna be an edge rusher in those NASCAR um spots as well, in those NASCAR packages as well, it's on like their downs and stuff, and like what they seem to love to bring out, because he's a versatile player, can do both things, so he's gonna be their third linebacker and then also play off the edge as well. And then they're gonna have Kiko Alonso for depth. I think that's their plan if he's fully if everyone's fully healthy. And then that group's really good. Like that's a really solid group to me, a top ten linebacking group. Like you have your star player. You have a really good complementary player in Anzalone. And then you have a guy that can do a lot of things in Bond, And then you have a good veteran backup with um, Alonzo. And I think when, the, when you look at those four guys, if they all stay healthy, you kind of fill all the boxes, which is obviously everything you want to do if you're the Saints. But you actually have depth beyond that. It's not just these four guys. Even though these four guys, I think, again, and then let's just say, so let's say Anzalone gets hurt or Alonzo gets hurt. I think you do, like Bond. I think is good enough where he can fill that spot and you won't see a big drop-off and he does a lot of great things too and Alonzo can come in here and do a good job there's not that big of a drop-off because to me if Vaughn is healthy the whole year you know if Dave is healthy the full year and let's just say one of Alonzo and Anzalone are healthy the full year I think the Saints are still set there and you won't see a big drop-off they're not going to be the reason that the Saints don't win the Super Bowl or don't you know or don't have success I think they're going to be a reason they actually do have success if you have three out of those four guys Now, if multiple guys get hurt and two, three guys get hurt, they may see more issues and you may may have to see some other depth guys come in. But again, if you could have three out of those four guys healthy, you're in really good shape if you're the Saints. But you do have other depth and you have guys that, to me, I trust to at least play in spot start um, conditions here. So first to me is Craig Robinson. I think he's a guy that, he's a player that, look, he's a great special teams player. He's a captain on special teams. That's great. And And I do think that that's that value is great as it is. And he's a guy that, to me, is great also against the run. He's a good run against the run. He's good with con- with communication. He just cannot defend against, let's say, a tight end or like a running back out of the backfield. You're not going to give him those um, uh, duties. But again, he's going to be a guy that I think could come in in a game or two and actually be pretty successful. Like, you're going to be like, oh, so basically, what the scenes would do, I think, if let's just say it was. Davis and Robertson like what the Saints would do is they would basically have Robinson stop the run always and he would be the blitzer and then they would have Davis be the coverage guy which then again you'll lose Davis's ability to blitz and stop the run but at least you have a guy that can cover but again that's kind of the give and take you're going to take with Robinson or Robertson at the um, starting position but I could definitely see a guy for one or two games Robinson's a solid player and you won't see a big drop-off long-term you will see a drop-off because they're going to start scheming against him and like that type of stuff, and, and you saw it in 2017 when they were in the playoff game and McCaffrey completely killed Robertson against the pass. Now that may happen again if it's long term, but again, I think he's a player that's going to come up in here. He gives you great special team ability and value, and then also he gives you it for a spot start. So let's say he you need two games or three games, I think he could come in and do a good job. I mean, you look at him last year; he did have a sack, he had a pass defense, he had two tackles for loss, and also he had an interception too and like his PFF grade for playing linebacker was 58, like that's not awful there, so to me he's a just I mean, a backup player, good depth, but again he does obviously have limitations, but he's a good veteran leader for the team, and I do think that he's a good role player for this group and the rest of the defense, then your next guy is Caden Ellis, who I think he's a player that I really want to see more of Ellis, because he was injured all of 2019, So he was a guy that did great in preseason, great in training camp, made the roster as a special team guy, and he was really good. And then he was starting to get snaps in the the games as well with his defense, and then he got hurt. So again, we and then then we forgot about him. So look, he's a 25-year-old player, very, very young. He obviously doesn't cost a lot, but he's a guy that I would love to see more of. And I think he's, I I could see him playing over Robinson if, let's say, a lot of guys get hurt. And I think he could be a guy that does project and, long term as a starter in this league and as much as maybe you know you think oh I'm just being a bandwagon type uh, type guy and obviously I'm gonna say he's good I don't actually think that I think he's a guy that look he's a good tackler solid tackler and then also he was a guy that is a good leader he's really good at communication like and that's obviously really good he's got a really high motor now people just say that look he didn't play against high talent in college and then obviously he wasn't very fluid in space against Scott and against like um tight ends or running backs, so again, people think that he does have, um, you know, good speed off the ball, and he's good at the line of scrimmage, so again, that's, I think, really good, I think he could be a guy that, if he gets better in defending, and if he learns that technique to pass defense, he could be a starter in this league, and if not, then he's, let's say, he never learns that pass defense, I I still think that he could be a guy that's probably like a fourth linebacker and a rotational piece, but right now, I I think he does have a chance to be a three-down starter, and it seems like the Saints definitely saw that last season and I mean it seemed like he was coming along very well then he got hurt so we'll see how he comes back from the injury but he's going to be a guy that I'm circling when I'm watching the training camp practices and then also the preseason to see if he took that next step because even though he got hurt I think he would have been a guy that would contribute to the Saints last season if they had him he ends up getting hurt so again I think he's going to be a guy that may surprise people and I definitely want to see more of him so I definitely thought that was really interesting Next, we're going to look into the guys that the Saints gave a future contract to, and just basically um, those type of guys that are not rookies, not undrafted free agents, but are guys that were on the practice squad last year, and just looking at those types of guys before we get into the undrafted free agents for this year. So the one guy that the Saints did sign um, that he was on the practice squad last year, and that was Chase Hansen. So he's a guy that he played linebacker, but he used to be a safety, so he's like one of those guys, 6'2", 220 here. And he's a guy that, again, I think he just needs a lot of help. I think he's more of a special teams type guy. I think right now he actually does, um, could contribute in a special team spot. I don't think the Saints will need him in special teams because they have so many guys that could play special teams. But again, I think he's going to probably be back on the practice squad. He is good at like filling up those run spots if you need him. Again, but he's just not a really good tackler. So he's filling up those spots, but he's not the best tackler. You know, he's a guy that really can't break blocks. So that's not very good. And his, down, his downhill when he's um, running downhill is not always the best as well. And he isn't really good in coverage. But he does have good range. So, like, obviously, that good range is going to help him in special teams. So, again, that's, uh, that is, to me, something that you may see um, kind of translate to the Saints. But beyond that, I don't really see much um, kind of vision for him. But I do think he could be a special teams player. And maybe if he gets a lot better, he could become maybe a rotational piece down the line. But I would be surprised there. And then our next player here, second to last player we're going to look at, it's Andrew Dowell. So he was a guy that was on the practice squad all of last season. He's coming from Michigan State. He's a linebacker, and he's a guy that, again, he's he's played special teams on on Michigan State, so I think that's really good. Like maybe you see him there, but again, kind of more issues that supposedly they don't see him athletically as a linebacker, kind of long term. Now, look, he has pretty good technique, and he was a guy that did have nine tackles for loss in his. Last season at Michigan State back in 2018, so I think that was really good. He did a three and a half sack, so that's um, pretty good as well. He had 41 tackles, so I think he is a guy that they think that he does have some good techniques. He could um, definitely get into the backfield sometimes, but again, his athletic ability is kind of um, lacking. They think when you transition it to the next level, and that can be a problem. But again, he did play special teams with Michigan State, so you may see some value there. But um, again, I don't think, again, I don't think you'll see him playing on this Saints team. And then I think that maybe a rotational piece down the line, but I think that would kind of be best case scenario for him. But uh, we're going to have to, I think it's just a wait and see what these types of guys, like you're going to develop them and see what happens with them. But obviously you're not going to bank on them. These are going to be guys that are in the practice squad or are going to get cut by the team, unfortunately, but that's really what it is there. But then our last player, and I always finish off with our undrafted rookies, because again, I, I like to like these guys, like to me. The, this undrafted free agent for the Saints at linebacker, Joe Bashy, I think he has a better chance at making the roster than the Chase Hansons and Andrew Dowell's. so that's just my opinion here, so Joe Bashi is an interesting guy, first of all, he's coming from Michigan State, a lot of people thought he would get drafted, people would say four to six rounds, some of these people, which I thought was extremely interesting that the Saints got him in undrafted free agency, which I thought was um, definitely something to look at, so I wanted to look definitely more deeper into this guy, and he's a guy that's great against the run, He's got a great football IQ. You know, he is definitely is a good tackler. He's got a good burst. And when you look at it, he's a guy at 6'2", 2, um, 231. When you look how he plays on the field, again, he's a guy that does you know really just a blue collar player, just a tough guy that's going to make plays against the run. He's going to have the tackle for lost skills. He's a good tackler. That's all really great. And he's explosive. It's like all that stuff's great. The problem is, is that he was awful in pass defenses, and he wasn't good going from sideline to sideline, That that could be issues. Maybe, you know, you're hoping that that stuff works itself out in the pros, and he's able to take that next step, you know, there, because he definitely had trouble with, you know, just getting, just defending, pass defending, and just speed going to sideline to sideline. But again, he's a guy that hits those holes hard and makes plays tackles for loss. Like, if he played, you'd definitely hear his name a lot, for good and bad reasons, but I think he's a guy that definitely can make the Saints team. And then you obviously, that like great ability to go downhill like that and um, to make tackles for loss is going to make him a really good special teams player as well. So I could definitely see him there and then kind of work his way up. Out of all the underrated free agents that the Saints got, I think he's the best chance to make the team. That's just my opinion. You know, he's a really good leader. He was a really good, um, obviously, run defender. And then just he had some issues in the past. But again, there are a lot of guys like that, so I, I could definitely see him making the team as a special teams guy, kind of like Ellis, maybe taking, maybe he's going to take Ellis's role um, from last year, and we'll kind of see how that goes down, but I could definitely see him coming on this team. Now, he also had a um, PED's um, problem, and maybe that was the reason why he fell out of the draft. It's going to be very, very interesting there, but I think he's a guy that when you look at it, definitely is a good run defender, and they, and they think that he's a good run defender right away, he's got great physicalities, like all that great stuff, but they don't think he's going to be an all three down type player, just because he's not going to be able to um, defend the pass, but maybe he will be able to long term, or just to me, it's yet to be seen, but he's definitely got great potential, because it seems like he's got one part of the linebacking, um, just playing the position, the run defending, really great, now he just has to work on the pass defending, but I definitely think that he's someone to look out for in training camp, so that will wrap up our our player-by-player breakdown, and basically my overall thoughts in this linebacking group is that, really, you have Demario Davis, who's amazing, and then beyond him, you have basically three guys for two spots, and again, those four linebackers that we talked about, and I told you what I really think about those four guys. If those four guys are healthy, I think the Saints will have one of the best linebacking groups in the league, but if they're not all healthy, and we've seen them not be healthy in the past then you may have some concerns. Now, you're hoping that Zach Bond could come in here and be a solid player, and then you may not see those issues. But again, I think the seems definitely... Right now, you have really four solid players. You have four starters for three spots, which is great. You always love to see it. And then also, you have some guys that I'm not going to count on right now, but I think they could turn into a player you count on just after their development after a year. So that's guys like Caden Ellis and like Joe Basie. I think those could be guys that you see maybe count on later. Like maybe they're just going to go out and be really good. And then that can even add more depth. And then you have guys like Craig Robinson, who's going to come in here, or Robertson, I should say. I'm sorry there. Um, that's going to come in here and then add great special teams and also add veteran depth here. And, and I do think that he's a player that maybe is a lot like Basie. He's really good against the run, but not so good against the pass. And he's a really good communication guy. So you may want to have Robertson there instead of Basie. But again, it's going to be very interesting to see all those guys battle out. And then you have two practice squad players in, um, Dole and Hanson, maybe they take the next step and then they make themselves, um, a roster spot. We'll have to see, but it is definitely going to be really interesting. And I do think it's a very interesting position. If I was going to grade the position, I think with those four guys, I think it's an A. I think the depth you have, let's say if a few of those guys get hurt, that can easily go to the B range. If everybody's healthy, this linebacking group will take the next step in their progression and become even better in 2020. If they're not healthy, I see them being the same or maybe even taking a step back, because it is going to be very interesting. But I do think that when looking at it, I think Bond will fill an AJ Klein type role. I think he'll do that in a great way. I think he's a solid, solid player. And it's not like AJ Klein's like a probable amazing player, like he definitely be replaceable. And I think Bond and Anzalone and, and Alonzo will be able to replace that role. And um, actually, I think take the next step with that role. I think that that's definitely possible there. But I think with all that said, it is time to wrap up this podcast. So if you like what we're doing with the podcast, you should definitely follow us on Twitter. I did say it at the beginning of the episode, but I'll say it again. So on Twitter, we are at the Houdat Discussion, and then personally on Twitter, I am at Andrew Galata. So definitely check us out. So that we're going to give you episode updates, we're going to give you some news, opinions, all that fun stuff quickly. But definitely before we do a podcast, and let's say the same sign someone, we'll be giving our opinions on there, and then we'll jump onto the podcast to give our you know more in depth opinion. But that's just kind of what it is there we're also on instagram and we are at the who Dat discussion there as well so definitely check us out on there and then you can listen to this podcast wherever you um listen to them so that means itunes spotify google play we're all on those sites and then also just look out for a film study in these next few days we're going to be posting one on janoris jenkins as he's technically not a like a new new player but he only came in week 17 or 16 i should say for last season. So he, to me, counts as an addition to the 2020 team. And we're going to take a look at him. So that's going to be really interesting. And um, he's a player that I think will be an upgrade over Eli Apple. That's my full opinion. But um, I'll definitely going to get more into that and break, break down a few of his plays and um, analyze what he's able to do for the Saints in that film study. So definitely check that out when that goes up. It should be out in the next few days. But with all that said, I want to say thank you for listening. Run it back. And who dat?